Smartcast. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. What's the opposite of joy or excitement? The opposite would be dread. So I would say no. But if I'm like, oh, I want to do it, you get that that little boost of energy. I would go by that gut gut feeling if you haven't, you know, got a particular goal in mind mm-hmm. uh, to use your time really wisely for the next couple of weeks for some difficult objective, um, you know, because that's not always the case. Welcome to the Liberated Healer podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hello, everybody. My name is Gina Cavalier, and this is the Liberated Healer Podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm your other host, Linnea Hodson. And today we have Michael Tugayas on the phone, and he is our first New York Times bestseller author on the show. Yay! And um, I got chills. I'm so excited. He co-authored 30 books for adults and six books for young adults. He's best known for his nonfiction narratives of survival and rescue stories. These include The Finest Hours, 10 Hours Until Dawn, So Close to Home, A Storm Too Soon, Overboard, Rescue of the Bounty, and Fatal Forecast. The Finest Hours has been made into a Disney movie starring Chris Pine and Casey Affleck, two of my favorite actors, and many, many other uh, wonderful work he's done from 30 books, like I said, and with the best publisher, Simon & Schuster, you know, on and on and on. So welcome, uh, Michael. It's so great to have you on the show today with your new book coming out, No Will Set You Free. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, so why don't you just dive into a little bit about how you got to this journey of writing this book and why? Um, it hit me about two years ago about how far I've come in reclaiming my time. Because, you know, years ago I used to say yes to every offer and every request, so I found myself overloaded and not even enjoying some of the things I said yes to. Um, But when I took a leap to become a full-time author many years ago, uh, to ensure my success, I realized I had to be really selective on committing of my time if I was gonna, you know, achieve this difficult goal, which full-time author is. So I decided I was gonna cut out a lot of things and that included saying no to all the requests that came my way, unless it was something that was going to bring me joy or was something that put me towards my goal. So I got to thinking a couple of years ago, uh, wouldn't it have been so much easier if the younger Michael <laughs> knew the techniques and the disciplines that the older Michael now uses before I commit my time? And that led me to want to help others. 
and I began researching and keeping notes for No Will Set You Free. And then it just kind of snowballed. It, it really, the writing really flowed. I uh, did just three sample chapters. My agent loved them. So I did three more and a publisher loved them. And the next thing you know, we had a contract and I said a big yes <laughs> rather than a no. And, um, and again, I was back on that path of, okay, I got to deliver this now. So I'm going to really, you know, be disciplined and say no to what I call the, the time suckers. And um, so the result was no will set you free. I just wanted to share what I learned to make it a little easier for other people. And this is a pretty much like an active workbook too. So you can, if this is something you're really actively trying to change in your behavior, you can, you know, go through each chapter slowly or, you know, there's, you know, all kinds of guides and there is a workbook and try this or try that, which I love those kind of books because it's not just, let's just talk about it this whole time and not give you any mm-hmm. solutions and, and, you know, bye, see you later. And then you're like, well, what am I supposed <laughs> to do about all this? <laughs> so, you know, I really appreciated that. And um, I, I struggle with this, honestly. And I'm getting a lot better because as I've become a healer and opened my own company, The Liberated Healer, I've had to... And, you know, when you're going to do healings on people, it's not like ordering a pizza. If I'm not at the state of healing, you know, I have to reschedule and things like that. And, you know, I know people get upset, but it's just a nature. And I've realized that it's hard to say no. And there is this guilt and shame that comes over when you're, yeah. when you have to re- even rescheduling appointment. I still find a lot of, um, I just, I always thought, you know, well, I'm, I, you know, I, I want to be prideful in my work and I want to always answer everybody's call and I want to be available and, and to, the, and to my own detriment for years yeah. until I'm working till midnight. And then I used to think when I was younger, when I was trying to, you know, just be real aggressive and being the best in the entertainment business, you know, that I would mm-hmm. stay until midnight every night. And then I'd, when people left at five, I'd be like, yeah, I can't believe yeah. you're leaving so early. And then it took me a long time to realize that they're the ones that had the right balance, mm-hmm. that they were mm-hmm. the ones that were living a better life than I was. Yeah. But it took me a while. And so I think that when I was reading your book, I was having these type type of memories. Um, so what does, um, what does no will set you free mean to you now? Um, why is this an important boundary to help people on their path for less stress and more joy? Well, I have to give the, um, the credit for the title to my, my daughter who lives in London. She, um, asked me, you know, what are you trying to help the reader accomplish? And I said, well, I wanted to give them more freedom and flexibility in their lives. And he said, well, how about no will set you free? And I said, boy, that's perfect. Because my, my primary goal really is to help people manage their time so they have more freedom for what they really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I do recognize how hard it is to set boundaries um, and you know, how we're all ingrained when we're little kids, be polite. So that always means yes, sir, no, uh, yes, ma'am. And I started thinking, well, that's not always the case because if I want to put, say, my family, my health, and even my hobbies, and of course my writing first, I'm going to have to say no to some things I'd rather not do. And and after a while, it, it didn't feel 
like a selfish thing because it was leaving me more time to say help somebody in need mm-hmm. um, rather than go to a ball game that I didn't really want to see, but I was saying yes just to be polite to a friend who asked. And you know, and you also describe in the book, you don't just say no. What you do is you give them the explanation so they can understand who you are as a person and how you prefer to live. So now you don't have to say no again next weekend. (laughs) And I think that's very interesting. Do you have anything you can add about that kind of whole process? Yeah, so you know, sometimes I give the the reason for my no in detail. Um, the the person who's asking, I call it the requester, can understand me. But even more importantly, I I don't want this individual coming back with the exact same request. <laughs> so you know, so if I just took the easy way out, which I do, by the way, if people are struggling, encourage them take the easy way out and say, I'll get back to you. You know, because maybe you can't just say no. But I found that. If you give the reason, then they, they won't ask you for the same the same thing. But if you're just learning, and that's what this book is about, to get you very confident, but you may have to do it in steps, you can just come up with, I'm busy this weekend, I have too much on my plate. And then later, as you gain confidence, you might want to give the specific reasons so they don't ask you back. And in, in the book, I give, give an example of how a friend invited me to see the the Patriots play, but it was December and it's an outdoor stadium. And I, I really had, you know, although I'm a fan, I'm not that big of a fan yeah. and there's a lot of waiting in lines. And um, so I had to explain, you know, no, I'm not, I really don't like all the waiting around and the crowds. I'd rather just watch it on TV. So the next game, uh, mm-hmm. come on over to my house and we'll, we'll watch it on TV. Yeah. Um, but that way they knew not to ask me again because it was hard for me to say no because they knew they were extending this really nice offer uh, on their part, you know, free tickets to a Patriots game. Yeah. And I think it's also important to note here that when you're saying no to something, it can be just so that you can do nothing. You know, like you don't have yeah. to have something else in place of that. And I think that exactly. for me, that was something I really had to work on was telling people, no, I don't want to go out to the bar because I want to just sit at home and be by myself this week. <laughs> you know, like, well, you're not you're doing good. anything. You're just sitting at home. <laughs> it's like, no, me sitting at home is something that I need to do for myself. And putting myself in a situation where I'm at a bar drinking with friends is not going to serve my higher purpose. And it's like, you're- right. So, so you're ahead of most people, actually, you know, you're. <laughs> She is. Yeah, they, they they would not do that. They would say, oh, uh, uh, they'd be stumbling, and then they'd go to the old standby of, oh, let me check my schedule, or let me check with my significant other. Oh, well, it was, you know? it was a process to yes, get to that it's point, a process. you know, because it does feel very radical to just, like, it be is. okay with sitting there and doing nothing. That's That really is the thing, <laughs> you know, being okay with that, too. <laughs> Yeah, and, and right, and, you, and you're doing it in a polite way always, so that helps. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and they see your intention is not to blow you off. It's to, sh- to show who you really are. Yeah. I'm not a big person who sits around drinking. So um, in your book, you had an example that you went to an event, and you had specific requirements, and they had changed the requirements, and then you told 
everybody putting on the event, you know, that doesn't meet, you know, the boundary that I gave you. So I'm not going to do this event. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not even kidding you. My hand started sweating. It just, <laughs> just thinking about it going, Oh no, Oh no. He actually said no. And I honestly, that I, I'm not there yet. If I showed up at an event and it didn't turn out the way I, 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 I still see, look, yeah. I'm stumbling because I, I just, even though I had done everything to put in place, I wouldn't, I would feel so bad. So can you explain that level of no, as in, because to me, that's like a really, like it's easier on the yeah. phone or like, I can't fit it in my appointment book or whatever, but you were actually at an event. You flew there, you were paying an event fee. They didn't set it up the way that you wanted it. And you walked away like that. Yeah, that was, that's no, that was big, <laughs> big time peer pressure where wow. you have all these people but they changed, you know, they pulled the rug out from under me because I had made it clear this was long before uh, the COVID vaccine was given out. So yeah. I was, my thought was I want to be as safe as possible until I get vaccinated so that um, when they said, oh, well, we've switched it from an outdoor event to indoors. I said, well, no, we had made the agreement it was going to be outdoors, so let's keep it outdoors. And they said, Oh, no, it's too late for that. Why don't you talk to the CEO? So they, they're thinking, okay, well, the CEO will convince them. But at this point, I was starting to get a little pissed off, as, as we say in Massachusetts. So, <laughs> you, you know, they were, they were putting the full court press on me, and I was like, I'm going to be my authentic self and explain to them, no, we had a deal. You're changing it. Um, and I'm going to stick to what our deal was. And uh, despite, you know, the kind of peer pressure of numbers, because there was, you know, three different people all working on me going, oh, come on, Mike, it'll be fine. There's plenty of room in there. Um, I just said, no, thank you. Wow. Um, you can move it back outside if you want. They said, oh, no, that'd be too big of a problem. How, I said, I don't, I don't. Yeah. Was it a big group yeah. of people? It was medium size, okay. so it wasn't like you know three hundred people. It was probably seventy five people, and they they could have done it outside. Yeah. I saw there was the facility, but they didn't they didn't want to. So I gave them one last shot, and um, and uh, they, so the not the person that's not used to doing this. What's the advice, and how did you how did you get up to that confidence, and how did you what was that thought process? You know that we could apply yeah. the next time that we have to I, you do know, that. Some, sometimes when you feel like people are putting undue pressure on you, I think it's mm. it can be a good thing to get a little angry, and that makes your your stand a little stiffer. It's like, no, I'm going to hold my ground. We went over this in detail. Mm. Uh, so I felt very comfortable with it. Had I, had I agreed all along to do it indoors, obviously I would have done it indoors. Um, in our work, so I, we felt, call, I felt good about it. Yeah. In our work, we call that having your seniority and <laughs> it's, um, yeah. we teach it because, you know, when you can walk into a room, say, say if you have a meeting at your company and every level is there, you know, you know, president all the way down to coordinator, mm. you can still hold your seniority walking into that room as in. It doesn't matter what title I am, but I have this, I'm a unique and powerful individual in my own space who's authentic and, right. and, sh and should be here and is being paid to be here. So mm -hmm. you kind of have this seniority and then all of a sudden, like you kind of, you raise the vibration of the whole 
company, I mean, the whole like right. meeting, right? So we teach that and people are like, really? Just because I'm a, they, they, because the title is an identifier and all of a sudden they be, they start to tend to feel less than in the room. And I never did you that. <laughs> I, I had a lot of seniority and people would come up to me and go, what do you think about that, Gina? And my boss would get so mad because she would say, I'm the boss. <laughs> Why are you asking her all the time? And I would explain to people, well, I have my seniority. <laughs> and so. <laughs> well, another thing about being you know, in your sen- uh-huh. seniority is that you just become more aware of what is going to serve you and what is not, you know, you have a better gut instinct about what is a yes and what is a no for you in your own being in your own space. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, it's so funny you brought that up about the, the meetings because there's a whole chapter in here about saying no to poorly run meetings. You know, if somebody invites you to a meeting and they don't have a start and an end time and they don't have an agenda that you've looked over first, uh, just some basics that people don't do. And and if they're not a good meeting manager, in other words, stopping one person from hijacking the meeting and droning on and on, um, you know, that's when to put your foot down and say, no, we need to organize these meetings much better. It's a waste of all our time. Yeah, we're just trying to save you, you some could time tell, for I, you, you, could tell, you could tell I used to work in the corporate world. Me too. <laughs> and, uh, the meetings were killers. <laughs> the meetings were killers, and there's just so many little simple steps that could make them so much better. I worked at Warner Brothers, and we had meetings all day long, and then by the, we couldn't get to our emails, so we would have to stay late. Yeah just so we could get through to the actual work. And then and I would literally sit there and say about 85% of the time in the meetings was stuff that I didn't even need to be a part of. And Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so I would bring that up too. And um, I think Zoom has changed all that when people are working away from home, but a little bit more because it's kind of obvious when things aren't don't need to happen as much over Zoom. It's kind of interesting. It's like, do we have anything more to talk about? It's, everybody yeah. wants to get off. Zoom. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, Zoom has been really hard, I think, to communicate this, you know. Yes. Yes. Right. So say no. So (laughs) when, (laughs) right. So when you were speaking earlier about saying no to things that are not going to, like, serve you in the long run, what do you have Mm -hmm. to say to people who don't necessarily know what their goal is in the long run, but they can tell when something is a no for them? Oh boy, I, I kind of by your gut feeling when the requester asks you, uh, you know, here's an example. What's what's the opposite of joy or excitement when you say, hey, Mike, do you want to do the podcast? The opposite would be dread. So I would say no. But if I'm like, oh, this sounds like an interesting podcast, I want to do it. You get that that little boost of energy. Yes. And so. I would go by that gut gut feeling if you haven't, say, you know, got a particular goal in mind mm-hmm. uh, to use your time really wisely for the next couple of weeks for some difficult objective, um, you know, because that's not always the case. Then I would go by that, that feeling of excitement and does it bring you joy? Yeah, we yeah. use that word excitement a lot as a barometer to, uh, to move forward with it. If it, mm-hmm. if it excites you, you know... I was thinking about this today. I get nervous on every podcast day. And mm-hmm. 
but it's a different type of nervous. It's a, it is yes, like, a it's, good one. It, like it, an athlete. Yeah. It, it's almost like I got to go on stage today or something like that. So I can always tell, like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing exactly what I'm meant for. I'm excited for the day. I can't wait to talk to these people yeah. and communicate and put out things to people that might help one, even one person that day. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm, and I feel fulfilled in this journey but the word is always that excitement, mm -hmm. you know? Yes. yes. I step yes. into, I get nervous though. I really do. And, but that can be a good thing. You're channeling, that's just nervous energy. You're channeling that into an upbeat show. So yeah. I think we all get nervous that time and it's just a matter of going, no, wait a minute. I'm just going to channel that into being upbeat. I wonder, is there anything that you could say to, say, say if you're running a company, you're like, hey, I'm practicing using no to set myself free. <laughs> so, if, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, is there a way to communicate that as a philosophy in a company or, you know, hey, let's all save some time and say no to the things that aren't, if you, if this, if you think this isn't serving our company and yeah, we right. do, like, say we have Monday meeting morning meetings every year for 20 years is this really <laughs> helping people like maybe there can be right. like this corporate you know uh, look at time about like yeah don't be afraid to say no i think that's right. another big topic uh people that you know are uh, that aren't in their seniority right. to say no to you know something that's like say a frivolous project or something that's just going to be a waste mm -hmm. of time right and I'm kind of, I, you know, I was a salesperson. So when something w didn't sit right with me, I would just say, so do you want to lose time and money? And, mm. and you end it with a question mark, right? And then right. the boss would say, well, no, I don't want to lose time and money. Well, isn't it my job to save you time and save you money? This doesn't, right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> but finding yeah, and... ways to kind of, yeah, let's, let's, let's have more fun in our life. Get rid of the shenanigans. Exactly. Right. No more shenanigans. Exactly. And, it, you know, I have a chapter on know in your own business, and a lot of times that'll mean taking a good look at your at your client list. And, you know, there's the old 80-20 rule saying 20% of your clients generate maybe 80% of your revenue. So you take a look at those others who aren't generating as much, or they're just a pain in the butt, and you might want to say – you might want to say no to some of them because they're monopolizing all your time for a small gain. So for me, you know, part of my business is speaking. If I've had a great experience, I always come back, you know, if they invite me back to speak again. But if it was just one big hassle, then I cut that client off. And the next time they ask, I say, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, yeah. it's really as simple as that. But again, Simplicity and doing it are two different things because there was a study and this psychologist, she was great. I talked with her. Her name was uh, Vanessa Bond. She's a Ph.D. at Cornell University. And, and she did a study asking uh, uh, people to ask total strangers to to do something for them. And <laughs> and and before they asked, they said, oh, well, maybe only 10 percent are going to do it. And they'd ask these, some of them were, were ridiculous requests. Some were even like, um, mark up a book from the library, you know, so ruin a library book. And the people were shocked. They came back after the study, and this was 14,000 people she used in the study. They said, 
most of the strangers said yes to these crazy things we asked them to do. And as they dug into it, they realized it was it wasn't that the strangers wanted to do it. It's just they felt so uncomfortable saying no. They'd rather do something they don't want to do than say no. So oh, wow. it just shows how hard it can be. Yeah. So she was a yeah, she was, you know, she was someone who I worked with a little bit and she endorsed the book. Um, and um, she just opened my eyes to, man, it may be easy for you, Mike, because you're older now, but it's not easy for most people. And, yeah. and so I wanted to give little ways, you know, ways to say no without <laughs> saying no. There's a chapter on that. Um, and Linnea, Linnea you have, I mean, you're, you're in a different age range. So yeah. what were you going to say? I'm, I, I saw her have oh, I just, I'm <laughs> eyes a flutter. Has not been like in the corporate world in that sense, and I have a lot of friends out here in LA that are also, you know, we're freelancers, we're artists, so we have to mm. say no to things in a different way. And a yes. lot of the reasons that a lot of times we say yes to something is because it's a friend that's putting on this event, or it is right. it's more so people pleasing and not wanting to let a friend or someone that you care about down. So. How would you? Those are the toughest. Yeah, I'm like the people pleasing is a very big thing. So how would you right. go about, you know, kind of confronting that? You know, with that, say it's a, a dear friend and they're really asking you for a big commitment of your time. Oh, would you chair this fundraiser I'm involved with? You might, you might say no. I'm, I'm unable to chair it, but I'd like to make a donation to it or. Mm-hmm you know, something of, of much lesser of, again, I use that word, time suckers. Yeah. Uh, so there's different ways to respond in a, in a positive manner, but you're getting out from under that big, that big burden yeah. they're trying to put on your back. Right. Because you don't want to, you don't want to be on your deathbed and realize, wow, I lived everybody else's agenda, but my own, mm-hmm. you and, know, and that's what happens if you're always saying yes. Right. And you can change your mind. So, exactly. You know, I'm just reflecting on a time that I was doing a bunch of women's boards. And mm-hmm. every time I've been on a board, you have half the people that work really hard and the other half don't really do anything. They just put it on their resume. And that just wasn't working for me. And I was doing a lot of the work. And um, I, I kind of found this out like last year, you know, during all this. And, I just, I, I had a meeting and I just looked at all of them and I just said, you know, I'm, I'm bowing out. And they're just like, what do you mean? You do all the work. And I'm like, no, I, I, <laughs> that's why I'm bowing, bowing but, out. <laughs> but you can change your mind and you yeah. know, but it is, to me, it is harder to change your mind to kind of, so it, I try to practice this, this no will set you free more now because it feels it's harder like after the fact, you know what I mean? So if you could do it earlier and one of the things that let you can tell us if you agree with this, but one of the things Mm -hmm. that Lene and I talk about to people is, um, if how you can tell if it's meant for you is for example, if you get, if you, if they want you to work on something and you start working on it and then all of a sudden you can just feel this resistance coming up your body or yes. uh, resentment automatically, and you haven't even done the work yet. You just <laughs> got the email, and yeah. it's just like, yeah. oh, I have to do all this work. And it's yeah. not even their fault at that point. That's your fault. But you have to recognize that resistance in you. Mm-hmm. 
And that, yeah. and then the, that's not something that's serving you or that's, that's not your path, obviously. Yeah. You have to just make yeah. a left turn right now. Stop, drop, roll. You're on fire or whatever. <laughs> just stop it. Just, yes. you yes. know what I mean? Kind of move through it and then choose something else with your time. But that's sort of, we do talk about that in some of our teachings, you know, mm-hmm. about how to recognize it. We, we touched base yeah. earlier, but that, I that always feeling of dread, as I said earlier, you know, that's, the same same feeling you were saying of resentment i use the word dread they're both kind of in that same category of yeah. no this this isn't right for me um and again and you know, it's hard the, the trickiest thing one thing people always say is well wait a minute i can't say no at work and i say you're right you should not use the word no at work but you can arrive at the same destination by saying so i'll give you an example uh, Say I'm at my corporate job and they're dumping this huge project on me and I know that I'm overloaded. You can't just say, no, I can't do this. I would suggest you set up a meeting with your manager after you've had a chance to calm down and think about it and then say, you know, I've got all these different projects going. How would you prioritize this new one for me? Because if this is a top priority, something else is going to slip down the list. And all of a sudden you're shifting the decision-making off you back to the manager who may go, oh, now that I think about it, those other projects were more important than this new one. Let's hold off on this new one. You know, it just opens up a dialogue without you ever saying the word no at, at work. Yeah, it's almost like you're producing your own life as well. So, right. you know, as a producer, you have to look, you know, you, you have to look at the talent and how much the budget is and you have to say, I'm sorry, we can't afford that or we can't do this, but you have to do that for yourself. And I think, right. again, going back, it's, sometimes it's harder to do for ourselves than we can do for every single other person or job or anything. I know. And where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, just like everything else, it is a, Programming. It's a practice. Yeah. It's a practice that you have to right. implement. So it takes work. Exactly. And sometimes that work is just like, it's a lot. And you know, it, it <laughs> is so hard to, to make this switch in your life that in the, the introduction of No Will Set You Free, I said, most of my books, you're going to blow through because they're fast paced. This one, I want you to do the opposite. Just read one chapter with your morning coffee. And maybe it's just rereading that chapter for three days in a row, because they're very short, uh, kind of fast-paced chapters. But don't go on, because I want you to implement what you learned and the techniques that are in that chapter before you you blow through. So I think you'd be much better served reading this in these little, little bits and then implementing what you've learned rather than sitting down like I do with a normal book you know, and going from start to finish. I also like that you're talk about knowing your money, which is, you know, reflecting on, do I really need that? And, um, do I need it this minute? Um, do I have enough food and clothing? Do I need another sweater or whatever? And is, if that going to bring you into debt where then you, now you have more, you know, you're, you, you're talking about no in your finances and things like that too. And helping to have a little bit of, a you know, there, because knowing, realizing that this is going to put more Mm -hmm. stress on me down the road and, you know, kind of 
that's a bit right. of like a lifelong struggle with me with money. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I feel like we're the type of well, it's like saying no because like we need space, you know, like energetic space for ourselves. Way easier. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. saying no when it comes to finances. Yeah. It's a different right. ballgame. Because I think it's finances is you, either you learn it from someone or you have to learn from making a lot of mistakes. <laughs> right. And if you haven't ha- been around anybody who, is, you know, has, uh, you know, mm-hmm. really helped you with that, especially, um, you know, you kind of have to learn right. by going in severe debt or and realizing that that's bring a lot of right. stress to you. So I think no to debt in, in one of your chapters is pretty interesting, too. And. You know, absolutely. You know, when you when you think about it, what you know, what is money and the you know having money to me, it's not to buy more stuff. It's it's the same as the title of the book. It will lead to freedom, freedom of choice. So, I'd rather say no to stuff to make myself financially independent and have that wonderful feeling of freedom. That wow, I don't have any debt. Um, you know, so that I can, I can make more choices. I don't have to do certain things. And, but to do that, it's difficult in your early years because you're saying no to some impulse buying. You're saying no to maybe going out to restaurants every single night of the week. Uh, you know, it's these, these little things all add up, but they're all leading to your freedom. Yeah. And FOMO is actually a real thing. And I mean, we could have mm. a whole episode on FOMO and I have clients that are in the age range of 50 years old all the way you know and young too and and they don't want to say no because they start to feel bad that oh maybe I missed out on you know seeing x y and z or whatever and and then they come home and they're and they wish they didn't do it so I I think that (laughs) you know that so true that FOMO, it, getting over that, and also even on social media, you know, everybody's like, fear I'm going to miss something if I don't go and look every day instead of, but they're not in their joy every day. So why are they choosing to spend their time doing that if it's not bringing them joy? And Exactly. You know. And, and, you know, doing that, you're a, a spectator rather than a participant. So that, that's another big decision point of mine. Am I going to be a participant in this activity or am I just a spectator like I would be reading Facebook? So mm. I don't do those kind of things very often. I'd much rather be, oh, somebody's invited me to do this and I'm a participant, whether it's pickleball or boogie boarding or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, I, I usually choose, you know, participant over being a spectator and saying no to most spectator type activities and pickleball i'm very curious <laughs> about pickleball because i heard it's a lot of fun so i'm gonna have to <laughs> i'm gonna have to check that out growing sport it's the fastest growing sport I in the u.s know. Oh, i did not know that yeah, yeah and i like yeah. anything named pickles so i mean <laughs> i just i mean it's like a fun word and i don't say know. yes to pickles i say, say yes, yes to, pickles. to pickles i had a bowl of pickles yesterday <laughs> I said yes to pickles, and so and you would like it. <laughs> Lene is making a face. It's just not the flavor. For me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael, um, again, thank you so much for coming on today, and it was an absolute joy to uh, meet you. And thank you for doing the hard work for us. For our noble set you free. I, I'm definitely going to be practicing some of this. Absolutely. In our meetings, ASAP. 
And um, yeah, and so No Will Set You Free by uh, Michael, the New York Times bestselling author. And um, we're so excited. And thank you for coming on today. Uh, we had fun. That was great. And uh, I think, you know, we covered about five or six points that will probably help your listeners get started right away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And that's what we mean to do. So my name is Gina Cavalier. This has been the Liberated Healer podcast. And let us know any comments or questions at Gina at theliberatedhealer.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast. And that is going to be all for us today. No will set you free, folks. (laughs) Bye for now. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support. Podcast.